A little bit crooked. I'm gonna. I'll turn it. I'll turn it to you. Let me just. Uh, All right, I will say good morning. Let's begin. So today is Daf is Ayin Gimel 73. We are going to pick up from Ayin Beis Amud Beis 72. Beis. Remember, we left off yesterday. We left off yesterday with Amr Rabbi Yochanan. So we are two, four, six, eight lines up from the bottom. So Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Mishra Mishra Meyot Sadat, Be'elu Nidarim Amru. They both say, when it comes to these Nidarim, so remember, the Mishnah spoke about the idea that if a man was Mekadish woman Amenas, She'in Allah Nidarim, a Mekadish woman on the condition that she doesn't have any existing vows on her, and then they are found that she has vows, she's not Mekadashas. Furthermore, the Mishnah said that Kin Sustam, if a man married a woman, stand, and if it's found that she has nedarim, so again, I will say, that's also called the mekachtos. That's called, again, a, 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 mistaken, a mistaken transaction, which is ultimately voidable. And therefore, halach so the Mishnah says, tetzei She goes out of the marriage without a ksuba. So says the Gemara, Amrab nedarim amru, when it come, what, what type of nedarim are we referring to? These type of nedarim, for example, Shalotoha Bas, a woman has a nadar not to have eat, not to eat meat. Shalotishtayain, <coughs> not to drink wine. Vishalotiskashe bebeidetzibonim, not to wear colored clothing. Tainam Yahweh, right? So that supports this. Be'ilu nedarim amru sheyesh pahen inoi nefesh. So what kind of nedarim are we speaking about over here? Nedarim that have some type of afflictive, afflictive component to them. Shalotoha Bas, she won't eat meat. Vishalotishtayain, she won't drink wine. Vishalotiskashe bebeidetzibonim. And she won't wear colored clothing. So Habibi Rabbi Papa. So Papa was was puzzled a little bit by this price, and he wondered to himself, Ahia, what case is this referred to? Remember, the Mishnah stated two cases. Bless you. The Mishnah stated case number one was the case of a man who's Mikadesh with an explicit tenai, that I'm Mikadeshu on the condition that you don't have any tenai. Okay, excuse me, I'm sorry. That you don't have any nidarim. So what happens if she has nidarim? The halacha is in Mikudeshas. That's case number one. Case number two is he married her kin sustam. He married her without any 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 pre-stated qualifications. And what happens? Turns out that she has nedarim. So what does the Mishnah say? So now Rabbi Yochanan is coming along. Excuse me, Rabbi Yochanan is coming along and qualifying what type of nedarim are we referring to? So now the shaila is which case is Rabbi Yochanan referring to? Is Rabbi Yochanan referring to the case of kiddushin al tenai, or is he referring to the case of kin sustam? So the Gemara says, Ilei ma'aresha, if you want to say something about the first case in the Mishnah, that can't be, Kevan dafilu dinami. So we'll say, remember, it can't be the Reisha, because the Reisha is when he makes, when he does Kiddushin al tonight. When he's making Kiddushin al tonight, both said, and that tonight covers what? Any type of nether. Therefore, it must be what? That it's referring to the Seifa. So the Gemara says, Ela Seifa, Ravashi Yom Ravashi says, no, Aliolam Aresha. Really, it is referring to the Reisha. Umidi de kapti be inshi, havi kapida, havi kapede kapeda. Midi de lo kapti be inshi, lo havi kapede kapeda. Well, so this is actually very interesting. So the Gemara now says that it's going on the Reisha, but listen to this. Even though he says, you're Mikudesh, just on the condition that you have no Nidarim, that you have no Nidarim, and then it turns out that she has Nidarim, it's not any Nidar that will undermine the effectiveness of the Kiddushan. It's only Nidarim that what? 
that people would normally be makbid on. But if there is a nedra that people are not normally makbid on, then lemaisa what? Then lemaisa that would not unravel, that would not void the kiddush. So this is very important. So what it's saying over here is what Rabbi Yochanan is qualifying is saying, not every single nedra is a deal breaker. Only nedarim that somehow impact him or impact her in a way that impacts their marriage, which ultimately impacts him, are grounds ultimately for the voiding of Kiddushin. But Nidharan that have absolutely no impact on him. He says, you know, she says, I'm, uh, I'm not going to wear uh, pink nail polish. I'll only wear every other color. So it doesn't matter to him. It has, it has no impact on him. Therefore, by definition, Rabbi Yochanan would say that even though he made a blanket nether saying, if you have any, excuse me, he made a blanket tonight saying, if you have any nedarim on you, the kiddushin is not valid. But the, so Rabbi Yochanan, that only applies to nedarim that impact him. But if there's a nether that has no impact on him, then by definition, the kiddushin would not be void. If he expressed it more clearly, could he, could he include even those? Oh, uh, so crazy. Cool. If, he, if he said, if he, if he literally explicitly said, you know, you're my kiddushin on the condition that there is no nether. Even if it does not impact me and other situations that normative people, normal people would not care about, I still say, if he's that explicit, then yes, it would be voidable. Itmar, Kitshal, Tanayi, Kin, Sastan, both say another interesting case. Let's say a man is Mikhadish woman, Al Tanayi. So he goes ahead, and you could just, you could just use this case. Uh, he's Mikhadish on the condition that there, she doesn't have any Nidharam upon her. And then what happens? The Kins, at the time of Nisuin, however, he doesn't say anything. So Kiddushin was done with the Tanai, but at the time of Nisuin, he never restated the Tanai. So the Shailan now is, uh, now what happens? So they do Nisuin, and it turns out that what? That she has Nidharam. So what's the status of the marriage? Rav Amar Tzrichim and a get. Rav says that she requires a get. Now, I'll say, now when you say requires a get, what that means is it was a good marriage. So even though now he discovered, he discovered that she has nidarim, at the end of the day, the marriage itself is still a valid marriage. Shmuel says, no, Shmuel says, no, she doesn't require a get. So I'll say, when Shmuel says she doesn't require a get, why not? Shmuel will say, because again, the Tanai of the Kiddushin was never fulfilled, and therefore the Ma'i said the marriage is voidable. So the Gemara says, Amra Abaye Abaye says, Lo teima tamei durav, keivan shenichnastam achuli achle litinoi. So we'll say, so I, we would be tempted to say that the logic according to Rav is like this. Since he stated a Tanai by Kiddushin, but he did not restate that Tanai by Nisuin, so what does it sound like? What does it sound like? It sounds like he has forgiven the Tanai. That he's given it up, meaning although he made Akidushin, because he didn't restate it at Nisuin, it must be that he's Mochel, that he's forgiving. So, 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 so Abayi says, don't say that that's the reason of Rav. Rather, Oh, so to which the Gemara says, do you know what Rav's logic is? Rav's logic is Rabbi says that a person does not want to make his Bia a Bias Znos. Therefore, essentially, what? At the time of the marriage, after Nisun, when they're going to consummate the marriage, so he realizes now if he holds to his tonight, and it turns out that in fact she does have Nadarim, so it's true the marriage is voided. There's only one problem on both sides. You could retroactively void a marriage. What can't you retroactively void? Bia, right? The, the Bia happened. So the problem is if you retroactively void the marriage, then in essence what you're saying is that the Bias was, that the Bia was a Bias Nos. Again, you didn't have Kavana for instance, that wasn't your intention, but Lemaisa, it's Nus. So therefore, again, Abai says that Rav holds that a person does not go ahead and make his Bia a Bias Nus. So in reality, the Tanai, the Tanai, the Tanai itself 
is still considered to be a valid tonight. And therefore, again, technically there shouldn't be a marriage. But a person doesn't want their bia to be a biasnos. Therefore, to a certain degree, they go out and they give up the tonight. Look at Rashi. Elam taimadurav. Le'inyan get the kasavar in adam bilasnos. Person doesn't want his active relations to be an act of immorality. It's interesting now, we're going to make a distinction over here between what we'll call the Kiddushin, well, the Isser and the Mamon. So when it, comes to, when it comes to an issue of Isser, so therefore he doesn't want his Bia to become Bia's nose, and therefore he has Kavana, that he's going, this, this act of relations will cement their relationship, even if Lamaisi finds Nidarim. However, when it comes to financial components, like Suva, if it turns out that, in fact, again, she did have Nidharam upon her, then Lamaisa, what? He would not be obligated to give her the Ksuva. So the Gemara says the following, But Rav and Shmuel already argued about this once before. So the Gemara says, The Itmar, we learned, Kitana Shalomiyana, if a Kitana doesn't do Miyun, Vigdili Imar. Let's remember again, this is talking about a situation where a girl, a minor girl, was married off by her mother or brother. So rabbinic marriage. So the halacha is, remember, she has the ability to get out of that marriage whenever she wants through miyun. What does miyun mean? Simple refusal. I don't want this anymore. That's miyun. That's miyun. So let's listen to this case. So in this case, brother or mother married her off rabbinic marriage. And what happens? She didn't do miyun. She became an adult woman. She became an adult woman and she continued to live with her husband. Then what happens? Then she decided she wanted to marry another guy. Fine. Only one small issue, which is what Rabbi was saying. That Lamaisa, she never received the get from the first guy. So now she's accepted marriage from the second guy. So what's the step? So now the Shaila is, does she, does she require a get from husband number two or not? So Rav, Omar Rav says, get So Rav says she does not require a get from the second husband. I was like, the logic behind that would seem to be why. Why does she require a get from the second husband? Because there's no second marriage. Because Lamaisa, okay, maybe at most... Maybe we're dealing with an issue of adultery, but Lamaisa, again, there's no second marriage that takes place. Ushmul Amashmul said, no, Tzricha get Misheni. She requires a get from the second husband. I both say, now remember, Rav's logic is like this. Rav's logic, if you look at Rashi, ain't Tzricha get Misheni. Rav says, Remember, here's the issue. The issue is that when a man marries a minor girl, so that's Rabbinic Kiddushin. So remember again, how does that rabbinic kiddushin ever morph into biblical marriage? Once she becomes an adult and they have relations, so Rav will say, Rav will say that act of relations affects new kiddushin because the husband knows that he only has a rabbinic marriage to his wife. He wants to have a biblical marriage. So what happens when she becomes an adult and he has relations with her? That act of relations is for the sake of affecting kiddushin. And therefore, the mice, so again, it's a biblical marriage. That's Rav's logic. Because it's a biblical marriage, therefore, again, if she accepts Kiddushin from a second man, what's the halacha? What's the halacha? That Kiddushin is ineffective, and therefore she doesn't require a get. On the other hand, what does Shmuel say? Shmuel says, no, she does require a get from the second one. Look at, look at Rashi. Tzricha get misheni. Tuchola boel al das Kiddushin harishon in boel. See, Shmuel says, people are not as smart as you think they are. That when this man marries this woman, this this girl, it's not a woman. He marries this minor girl, and he, he asks, he, he gives, he gives her, he gives her brother or a mother kesef kiddushin. So we'll say his assumption is that the entire marriage is predicated on that first act of kiddushin, 
And when she becomes an adult and he has relations with her, he does not have in mind for a, to affect a new Kiddushin. His entire marriage is predicated on that first act of Kiddushin. Therefore, the Gemara says, so, so, so essentially, the fundamental machlokis is like this. Rav holds that a man knows that his first marriage is rabbinic, and therefore if he's going to have a biblical marriage, he has to have a second kiddushin, so to speak, with this girl when she goes ahead and she reaches the age of majority, she becomes an adult. Therefore, again, remember, they're living together after she became an adult. There was Bia, therefore. She says Bia with, with, with her as an adult. The Rav assumes that that Bia is for the sake of affecting newfound, newfound biblical kiddushin. And therefore, if she accepts marriage from another man, that marriage is in effect. I mean, she doesn't require a get from husband number two. Shmuel, on the other hand, says, no, it's not true. That a, she, he does not have in mind for affecting new kiddushin. He has in mind that the first act of kiddushin is all they need. And therefore, again, all they have is what? Rabbinic marriage. Because all they have is rabbinic marriage, technically speaking, if she accepts biblical kiddushin from another man, then what? Technically it works, and therefore to get out of that second marriage, she requires a get. So was, I'm sorry? So, so Rav will say until the point where, the, excuse me, Shmuel will say yes, until the point where he actually has kavana to go ahead and re-energize this marriage with a biblical kiddushin, it's a rabbinic marriage. So both say, so now listen to this. So remember, so remember, the Gemara is just suggesting we've already seen this machlokis between Rav and Shmuel before. So now what the Gemara is, what the Gemara is suggesting over here is the same fundamental dispute. The same fundamental dispute is that do we assume, do we assume that the, do we assume that a couple always focuses or that a husband is always focused on the initial act of Kiddushin or not? So remember again, in the, in the, in the, in the case on, on Ayin Beis and the Beis, there was the case of Kidsha al the Kin Sastam. So he married her with the Tanai that she doesn't have any Nidarim, but at the time of Nisuin, at the time of Nisuin, he didn't go ahead and restate the Tanai. So the Shaila is, how do we view his non-restating of the Tanai? Does that mean he's forgotten about the Tanai? Or does that mean, no, the Tanai of the Kiddushin still stands? So remember again, so then what happens? It turns out she has Nidarim. So Rav holds Sri Chahemen again. So Rav holds that Lamaisa again, and therefore, and therefore Lamaisa again, we assume that he's given up on the Tanai. Shmuel, on the other hand, says she doesn't require a get. Why? Because Shmuel says the, the criteria present at the first act of Kiddushin is a criteria that remains. Now the Gemara is just suggesting, well, why are you telling me this? We already saw this machlokas. Because in this case, again, of where a man marries a minor girl, then she grows up, they have Bia, then she goes ahead and accepts Kiddushan from another man. Does she require a get or not? So Rav will say she doesn't require a get. Why? Because Lemaisa, again, Rav holds, Rav holds that she's married to the first guy. And Shmuel says that she requires a get. Why? Because Shmuel assumes that it's all focused on the first act of Kiddushan. <laughs> and the first act of Kiddushan was rabbinic. So why do I need two cases that essentially restate the same thing? Tzricha. Because if I would have just said this case, so I would have said that Rav holds this way. This is in, in the case of the Kitana. Why? Because there's no tonight. In the previous case, of where is Makadisha with the tonight that she doesn't have in the Dharam, perhaps Rav would agree with Shmuel that once the tonight was stated at the onset of Kiddushin, that tonight remains even if it's not restated at Nisuin. And for what it just stated in the tonight case, in that case, Shmuel holds his position. But in the case of the Kitana, 
I would say that perhaps he holds like Rav. Therefore, Tzricha, therefore, both cases are needed. Tanan. So we'll say, now remember again, the Mishnah said that if a man, this is quoting our Mishnah, if a man married a woman, Stam, now both remember, Kinsastam means, now we'll have to qualify exactly what this case does mean, but Kinsastam means he does Nisuin, and there's no, there's no explicit Tanai. So what happens? So Kinsastam, Vinim Tzuala, Nidarim, but then it turns out that what? She made Nidarim, that what? That impact their life together. So Tezi Shalovik Suva. So the halach is she leaves the marriage and she forfeits her ksuba. Mechachtos. So the Gemara says, one second. Ksuba hudlobaya, hagita baya. The Bible says we can infer from this that what? She doesn't, she doesn't get her ksuba, but what does she require? She requires a get. So on one hand, there's a forfeiture of the ksuba, but yet again, she requires a get, seemingly indicating that's what Rabbi said, that this was a valid marriage. So the Gemara says, so what's the case? So the Gemara says, my love, uh, I'm sorry, ksuba hudlobaya, hagita baya, my love. Is the case of the Mishnah not a case of where there was Tanai at the time of Kiddushin? You are that you have no Nidarim on you. Then at the time of Nisun, he did not restate the Tanai. And yet, what? We say that if he gets married, once he marries her and he realizes that she has Nidarim, what's Talacha? Which indicates that's what Rabbi saying. That Lamaisa, if you make it tonight at the time of Kiddushin, even if you do not restate at the time of Nisuin, nevertheless, what? The Tanai still stands to Yofta the Shmuel. And I both said this would refute the position of Shmuel. Because Shmuel says that what? That Lamaisa, that Lamaisa, that Lamaisa, excuse me, I'm sorry, this would refute the position of Shmuel. Correct? So the Gemara says, uh, to Shmuel, low. So the Gemara says, low. What's the case? Kitshastam Bikinsastam. No, what's the case of Yerbosite? The case over here is a case of Kitshastam Bikinsastam, which means what? He's being Mekadishah without any explicit conditions, and therefore he is marrying without any explicit conditions. And nevertheless, the Mishnah is telling me that there's an automatic assumption that should the husband find out that she does in fact have the Dharam upon her, that that would be grounds for forfeiture of the Ksuva. Aval Kidsha al the Kinsastam, but Rabosa, if he was Mekadishah with the Tanai, and he married her without restating the Tanai, Hachinami Dalabaya Gito. In that case, Rabbi says she would not require a get. So here's what's interesting. Now we have two cases. Case number one, Rabbi Osai, where kid shastam, kin shastam, where, again, no explicit tenoim either way. So you can't really claim full mekachtos. You can't claim a full voidable transaction. Therefore, she will require a get. But she will absolutely forfeit her ksuva. However, Rabbi Osai, in the case of Kitsha al Sastam, there was a tonight at the time of Kiddushin, but it was not restated at the time of Nisuin. In that case, Rabbi say what? We know that the Tanai still stands, even though it was not explicitly restated at the time of Nisuin. In that case, not only does she forfeit her Ksuva, but what? He could void the marriage even without, the, without a get. So, well, if that's the case, Adetani, but if that's the case, Instead of the Mishnah saying that if a man was Mekadesh woman, on the condition that she has no Nidarim, and then it turns out that she has Nidarim, ain't no Mikudesh, she's not Mikudesh, I'll tell you a better case. Listen, why don't you instead say, Kin Sistam, Venimtuala Nidarim, ain't no Mikudesh. Then I'll say, why don't you just state the case of Kin Sistam, Venimtuala, which means again, the case of where he was Mekadesh Rastam, Kin Sistam, and then it finds out that she has Nidarim. 
Ain't a mikudeshes. That she's not mikudeshes. The whole shekin ha. And Rabbi Yosef calls it would go without saying about the previous case to which the Gemara says hachinami kamar. You're right. This is what it means to say. Hamikadish esa isha amrashi in alan nedarim. Rabbi Yosef, a man goes ahead as mikadish woman. Hamikadish that she doesn't have any nedarim. The kinsistam. So remember again, in this case, there's an explicit t'nai at the time of kiddushin, but kinsistam. But at the time of Nisuin, no restating of that tonight. Vinim Swala Nedarim. And then it turns out that what? She has Nedarim upon her. Swasta Lacha Eina Mikudashas. So we'll say the Halacha is that she is not Mikudashas. However, again, because we'll say that's a case of where there was an explicit tonight made at the time of Kiddushin. And even if it's not restated by the time of Nisuin, the assumption is that tonight is still present. However, kid shastam, vikin shastam. But we'll say if you have a situation where both Kiddushin and Nisuin were done without any explicit mention of any conditions, and then it turns out that what? That she has Nadaram upon her. What's the halacha? Teitse shalob She goes out of the marriage without a ksuva. But however, But what do you see from here? She doesn't need a ksuva, she doesn't get a ksuva, but what does she need? She does require a get. Now you have to understand something. The Yomar says that is inherently inconsistent. right? Because again, we assume that the forfeiture of the ksuva is based on what? The fact that there is really no marriage. It's a mekachtos. But if there's a mekachtos and there's no marriage, then what? Then what? <laughs> then she couldn't. She shouldn't require a get either. Usually, that's a package deal. So the Mar says, I don't understand. Excuse me, the lobaya. The Amar Ef she biishan idrana. So I will say, why is it that in this case I will say where kinsa bitnai? Excuse me, kidsha bitnai, kidsha bitnai, kidsha bitnai. Oh, she's excuse me. Let me say it differently. Kidsha stam bikinsa stam. So in a case where he married her without any explicit conditions. But yet then he finds out that she has nedarim swatstalacha, teitzei shlobik suva. She goes out, she doesn't get a ksuva, she does require a get. So we'll say, why doesn't she get a ksuva? Because a man could say, if she be isha I don't want to be married to a woman who makes vows. So we'll say, remember again, we've already spoken about this before, that mish, previous Mishnah said, a person who makes, we, we, we don't like vowers. We don't like vowers. The reason we don't like vowers is because vowers get themselves into big trouble because very often they make vows and they don't fulfill them. And remember, we spoke about the collateral damage that that could cause within a family, within a marriage. So if a man discovers that his wife is a chronic or a habitual vower, so what happens, right? So what happens? She says, I don't, I don't want a marriage like this. Had I known this, had I known this, I would not have married her. Okay, mekachthos. So that's the case. But again, I will say, so the other side of that coin is what you're essentially saying is, there's information that's present now that had you known it at the time of the marriage or at the time of the Nisuin or condition, you would never have married this woman. Okay, that's vows, that's, that's grounds for dissolution of the marriage from Mechachtos. But it's a Mechachtos. Shouldn't have to give her a get either. How I'm, a ra- <coughs> I'm sorry? How far does that stretch? Oh, uh, so we're going to see that. We're, that's going to be a dedicated sugya about what is the grounds for marriage. I, I, I didn't know you bite your nails. You know, biting nails drives me crazy. I don't know what you bite. I would have never married you. Right? So obviously, there's going to have to be some point of cutoff where Mechachtos is going to see that. But isn't that what the previous mission talked about? That there are certain guidelines. Correct. Although, remember, there are certain guidelines in terms of fernidarim. But now we're going to see, in general, even outside of the darim, there are certain behaviors or certain realities that are grounds for mekachtos, other things which are just 
nuisances, right? Every every person has their quirks. You know, every every person is interesting. You know, we all know like the longer a person is married, the more spouses discover about each other. And some of those things you like, some of those things you don't like. But Lamaisa, not everything you don't like is grounds for dissolution or avoiding of a marriage. So we'll see the we'll see that framework. So the Gemara says, what's happening over here? Rava Amar Tana Sapuki Misafkale. Well so listen to this. The Tana was not sure about the nature of this marriage. So both say, so here, here, here's what you have. This is the case, remember, of Kidsha Vikinsa Stam. So in this case over here, no explicit Tanai is being made. No explicit Tanai is being made. And therefore the Maisa, again, so what happens? He's not saying anything explicit. Then it turns out that she's the chronic, she's the habitual vower. So he says, I don't want this. I want out of this marriage. So we, we know, we know for a fact that what? We know that this is grounds for dissolution of a marriage. We know that. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, Rabbi, Rabbi says, Tricha, get me the So Rabbi says, in reality, what's required over here, thank you, we need a rabbinic get. This is a rabbinic get. So why, what's the logic over here? Because Rabbi says, Amarava Sapuke Misafkele. So we'll say the issue over here, the issue at hand, because remember, we'll say what the Gemara is bothered by is it's inherently inconsistent. If you're going to say that it's, it's, if you're going to say that finding out that she's a chronic vower is enough to go ahead and say that Lamaisa, Lamaisa, he doesn't have to pay her the ksuba, then it should be enough to say that she doesn't require a get to get out of the marriage as well. So why don't we say it by ksuba and not by get? Because the Tana himself is, it's a suffix. He's not sure. So what happened? So he's meaning he's not sure. What he's not, what he's not sure about, look at Rashi, Sapuki Misafkile, Astam Adam, Efshibi Ishana Dronis in love. See, I will say, this guy is saying over here that I don't want, uh, I don't want a woman who's a vower. The Shaila is, would most people have this hakpada or not? Would most people share this sentiment or not? So the Tana's not sure if this is truly grounds for avoidability or not. Therefore, Legabe Mamona Lakula. When it comes to monetary fun, when it comes to monetary assets, we're going to be mekel. They both say mekel in this context means what? That we're not going to make the husband pay the money. Mekel means leave the money where it is right now. Don't extract money. However, gabi isur lechumra. When it comes to matters of isurim, we're going to what? We're going to go lechumra, which means what? We're going to require a get. But as Rabbo explained, that is only a rabbinic get. So both say what it comes down to is like this. Essentially, you have three cases. The easiest case is kidsha betnai. The kinsa betnai. Now the Gemara doesn't even speak about that case because it's so obvious. So if kiddush was made with a tenai that she doesn't have nedarim, and his is made with a tenai, and it turns out that she's a chronic vower, it's obvious. Mekachtos, total avoiding of the marriage, no get, no ksuva. Okay. Second case is kids betnai the kinsa stam. It appears, it appears now that everyone's going to agree that in that case as well, we're going to assume that the Tanai still stands. And Lemaisian, even though he didn't restate it at the time of at the time of the Nisuin, the assumption is that Tanai is still there. Therefore, it turns out that she's a vower, grounds for dissolution of the marriage. The complicated case is Kinsastam the Kidshastam. Excuse me, I should say opposite. Kidshastam the Kinsastam. Where ultimately he makes no explicit tonight, but then he found at the time of Kiddushan or Nisun, but it turns out then that she's a chronic vower. He's upset. He wants to dissolve the marriage. We're not sure what to do in this case. So because we're Mesupak, essentially what we do is when it comes to financial matters, we go Lakula, right? And Lakula means keep money where it is. Don't extract money from anyone. Therefore, again, she doesn't get Iksuva. When it comes to Isser, matters of Isurim, we're going to go Lakula. Chumrah, and therefore we're going 
to require him to give her a get in order to effectively dissolve the marriage. Amar Rabbah, machlokis noshim. So this machlokis, Rabbah says, is only when it comes to what he calls dishtein noshim. And we'll say, now listen to this. What does this mean? Look at Rashi. Machlokis to Rav and Shmuel, the machlokis to Rav and Shmuel, say, remember, which is the fundamental machlokis as to whether or not, remember, machlokis to Rav and Shmuel goes back to the original case where kidsha betnai vikin sustam. So what happens in that case? So remember again, Rav said that because Rav assumes that if he didn't restate the tonight at the time of Nisuin, then he let it lapse. And Shmuel says, no, even if he didn't we stayed at the time of Nisuin, it's still in effect. So the Gemara, now Rabbah qualifies this, and Rabbah says, this machlokis is only by Shtein Noshim. Now look at Rashi. Beto Shtein Noshim. Kidesh lea altenai v'isha acheres kinestam acheres. Well, so listen to this case. So Rav, so Rabbah says the machlokis is only in the case of Shtein Noshim. So let's say he went ahead and he, d- he did Kiddushin with Leah al Tanai. So Leah, your Kiddush is to me on the, on the Kiddush that you don't have any Tanoim. Ve'isha acheres kinestam. He's a busy guy. What happens? He does Kiddushin with another woman, with Rachel, totally permitted. Right? There's no, nothing illegal in this case. But he makes no explicit Tanai with her Kiddushin. So So remember, so he says to Leah explicitly, I'm a Kaddish on the Kiddush that you have no, that you have no Nidarim. And then he goes over to Rachel and he says, Hare Adna Kiddush, and doesn't make the Tanai. And it turns out that what? Rachel has made nedarim. So v'hainu ta'usa v'rav savar kevan delo asni b'hada dahach afapishek v'agila daito she'eshe bin adranas tzricha imeneget dilma l'gaba dahach aviva aleh v'lo kapit u'shmol amar kevan degali daiti galibos Listen to this. So the Gemara is now going to suggest Rabbah suggests that the only thing that's machlog is Rav and Shmuel is when it's two women. Two women. Now what does two women mean? To him, it means like this case. He's Mekadish woman number one with a Tanai, but he's Mekadish woman number two without a Tanai, but it turns out that woman number two has Nadarim. So we'll say, so what's the status of that second marriage? So Rav will say, well, look, because he didn't go ahead and restate it with wife number two, it must be maybe he loves her more and therefore he's willing to go ahead and overlook her Nadarim issues. And therefore we can't assume that his Akpad about Nadarim applies to wife number two. On the other hand, Shmuel says, no, once he's made the Tanai by wife number two, by wife number one, we assume that what? He stated, this is my Hakpada, and even if he did not go ahead and restate it by wife number two, that same Tanai still applies to wife number two. That's, that's the Machlokis Rav and Shmuel. Aval Batos, Isha Achos. But say when it comes to quote-unquote a tos, a mistake, with one woman... And I will say, now that's the case of where he was Mekadesha with the Tanai, but at the time of Nisuin, he didn't say anything. Everyone will agree, Divrei Hakol, even Rav, Ein Tzricha Hemeneget. Everyone will agree that the initial Tanai still stands, and therefore, if it turns out that she is a chronic vower, that is grounds for dissolution of the marriage, even without a get. So the Gemara says, Amrli Abaye. So Abaye said, one second, Bahamas Nisin de Tos Isha Achasi. But our Mishnah is the case of what we'll call a Tos Isha Achas of a mistake, right? Of a mistake by a case of one woman. And yet we go ahead and we bring up a Kasha from our Mishnah. So the Gemara says, Ella Yitmar Hachi Yitmar. Amr Rabbah. 
Machlokis Patos Isha Achos Kein Shtenoshim. Rather, Rabbi said that the Machlokis of Rav and Shmuel is in a case of a mistake that was made by one woman that is like a case of two women. Rabbi said, now what does that mean, a case of one woman like two women? Look at Rashi. Machlokis Patos Isha Achos Kein Shtenoshim. Kitsha Al Tanai. If a man is Mechadish Woman Al Tanai, Vigir Shamina Erusin. And Rabbi said, what happens? He divorces her from Erusin. Vichazer Vikin Sastam. And Rabbi said, what happens? He Marries her again, but this time what? Without a tenai. Without a tenai. So Rashi says, Bahi Amarav Tsuichaget, Dehi Isha Kheres Dami, Ulushim Kedushin Bal, Velekalimer Atnoi Kamasama, Kushmol Savar, Hagale Daitime Karadim, Hinadranas, Yafshi Bosa, listen to this. So when's the Machlokis, Rav and Shmuel? When is an Isha Achas, one woman like two women? What's that case? Man marries a woman and says, A man does Kedusha the woman and says, You're Mikudesh to me on the condition that you have no tenai, that you have no Nidarim on you, and then he divorces her from Erison, and then what? He decides to remarry her, and when he he remarries her, he does not make a Tanai again. So what's the status? And then he marries her, and then it turns out that what? That she's a chronic vower. So what happens now? So what happens now? So now the Gemara says, so now the Gemara says something very interesting, that according to Rav, according to Rav, the fact that he did not restate the Tanai at the second marriage indicates to us what? That Lamaisa, he let it lapse, he doesn't care about it anymore. And Shmuel says no. Shmuel says the fact that when he first did Kiddushin with this woman, he made the tonight. that indicates to us that he doesn't want to marry a woman who's a, who's, who's a chronic vower. And that tonight applies now, even the second time around, even though he did not explicitly state it. Aval betos isha achas gridasa. But Shabbos say in stomach case of tos isha achas, which Shabbos say is a case of where is mekadesha with the tenai, but then does need someone that a tenai. Divrei hakol enot tzvicha himeneget. Everyone agrees that the first tenai will stand. Zeisve abaya bayre zikasha kid shabatos. If a man is mekadesh woman with betos with a mistake, meaning it's a mistake in kiddushin. Or upachos mishavar pruta, or a man is a chalishum with, with an article less than a shavar pruta. V'chein katan shekidish, all right. Or so to have a katan did kiddushin. Afapi sheshalach sivlonos laachar mikan. This is about a case where he did kiddushin when he was a katan, but then once he became a gadol, the, the custom was that over the course of erusin, so a chasan would send the kala gifts. So let's say he sends her these gifts after he's become a gadol. So maybe you'd say these could be considered items of value with which to affect real kiddushin. Nevertheless, the halacha is ina mikudeshes. In all these cases, she's not mikudeshes. Why? Shemachmas kiddushin harishonim. Because ultimately, we assume that everything is predicated on the first act of kiddushin. And in this case over here, where he was a katan, the first act of kiddushin is halachically irrelevant. Shalach, excuse me, kiddushin harishonim shalach. Vein balu. However, again, if there was bia. Kanu. Then I both say if there was Bia in these cases, then Lamaisa again, the Bia was Kona. Correct, correct. Then the Bia was Kona. 
a bona fide bia. So the shaila now is Rabbi Osai six. So now, does that bona fide bia essentially go ahead and does that follow the deficient kiddushin? Do we say that that is an extension of the deficient kiddushin and therefore even the bia won't be good? Or do we say, no, that the assumption is and therefore they have, they have renewed proper kavana for the bia and therefore the marriage is proper. So the, now this is the machlokas. Now the Gemara says, what do you see over here? Now this is a case that would fall under the umbrella of what we call Taos Isha Achos, which we said before that what? Everyone agrees is not a problem. So the Gemara says, Upligi, and yet again they are arguing, my love, Taos Nadar. Now both say, when we said the case, when the Brisa said the case of where there was Kiddushin Bitaos, is that not a case of Nadarim? Meaning where he thought that she did not have Nadarim, and then it turned out she did have Nadarim. Lo, Taos Pachos Mishavar Puta. No, it's talking about a mistake that he was mekadesh with an object that was less than a shavar pruta. Mar says that can't be pachol to shavar pruta behedjikatani love, but that's not true because the case of shavar a pachol to shavar pruta was explicitly stated on its own. To which the gemara says, to which the gemara says pirushe kamefarish. Rather, the second statement that's coming to explain the first kid shabatos. If a man was mekadesh woman betos with a mistaken kiddushin, what's the case? Kaitzad kegon she kid shabepachol mishavar pruta. What's an example? I was have a mistaken kiddushin. Where a man was a Kaddish woman with, with an article less than a Shavar Pruta. So I say, so, but my Kamiflagi, so what are they arguing about? Mar Savar, one opinion says, Adam Yodesh and Kiddushin Sov, Simbazakos Shavar Pruta. So I say, well, the first opinion says, a person knows his Kiddushin was deficient. Because a person knows that Kiddushin is not, is not, does not take with an article that's less than a Shavar Pruta, and therefore what? And therefore, when there was subsequent Bia, the gamar kiddushin, and therefore a man has in mind that he knows his first kiddushin was deficient, and therefore what he holds that the bia should affect real kiddushin. Umar savar ein adam kiddushin The other opinion says you're really giving people too much credit. People do not know the intricacies of kiddushin, and people do not know that you cannot affect kiddushin with an article less than a shavar pruta, and therefore v'chi kabal when ultimately bia occurs. Ultimately, a person has in mind that is affecting Kiddushin again based on the first Kiddushin, and therefore the Maisa again, even the Bia is deficient. So we'll say that's the fundamental Machlokes unfolding over here. Eisei, the Gemara is another Kasha, Harini this is an interesting case. A man says, I am having Bia with you on the condition that my father would approve of this marriage. In other words, we're affecting Kiddushin, we're affecting marriage through the Bia, but Lamaisa, the effectiveness of the marriage is contingent on paternal approval. My father has to approve on this. So what's Ta'alacha? Even if the father says, I don't like her, right? The marriage is still good, right? They both say, again, now the, we'll, we'll see why. So the marriage is still good. Rav Shimon Yehuda, Rav Shimon Yehuda says no. Rabbi Shimon Yehuda says, Rabbi Shimon Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon, Ratzav Mekudeshes, Lo Ratzav Ein Mekudeshes. No, if the father wants, if the father is, approves of the marriage, then the kiddushin works. This was the tznai. If the father doesn't approve of the marriage, then the kiddushin does not work. I v'ha'hacha dechitos isha achas dami. But Rabbi said this is like the case of tos isha achas. Rabbi said this is like the case of again. Remember, one woman, one woman, kiddushin is taking place with the tznai, but there's still a bia. Now we just said before that what? That everyone will agree that in the case of Isha Achas, everyone will agree that the tonight present at the time of Kiddushin will what, Rabosai? Will what? Will be the same tonight present at the time of Nisuin. So we would assume that if he made it tonight, the marriage is contingent upon a paternal approval, that that tonight should stand even if there was Bia. 
To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. This is what they're really arguing about. They're arguing about Rabose as to what the definition of paternal approval is. Mar Savar, Almanas, Sheyirtsahav, Almanas, Sheyishtokaav. Rabose, everything. What's the Machlokes? What is the definition of paternal approval? So one says, paternal approval means my father's going to be quiet and not say anything bad. Right? So if my father doesn't say anything bad, then the Misa, that's pretty much as good as I'm going to get. Right? That's paternal approval. That's paternal approval. And therefore, again, as long as my father does not voice his dissent about the father, then the Misa, again, about, about my wife, then it's good enough. And therefore, the father didn't say anything, and therefore, the marriage stands. Umar Savra Amanash Yomar Abahain Vaha Lo Omar Abahain. But what's the other opinion says, no, what does paternal approval mean? Paternal approval means that my father is going to actively voice his approval. And therefore, in this case, he did not actively voice his approval. Therefore, what about saying? Therefore, it's not considered as if I have paternal approval about the marriage. And therefore, again, the Maisa, the marriage will not stand. So, I will say, therefore, the Gemara is suggesting that's, that's the fundamental machlokis. The fundamental machlokis over here, it's not the machlokis, Rav and Shmuel. It's on the nature of the Tanai. When you say the marriage is dependent on paternal approval, how halachically do we gauge paternal approval? All right, so we're going to stop over here. Again, we're stopping a little bit. <laughs> Bit mid by the Aceve. Will the Mirage continue here?